You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I want to offer two podcast episodes to support the work of our Discipleship and Membership Search Committee. If you were in, in church last Sunday, you heard Butch O'Neill, who is the chairperson for the for the committee, recommending Brick Sager as our discipleship and membership pastor. We're going to vote on that on February the 4th, but as we get ready, I really wanted you to get to know Brick a little bit better. Now, if you're new to the church, maybe you don't know Brick at all, but if you've been around Carterville for any length of time, Brick's probably somebody that you already know or think you know, but I've got a nickel that says you'll get to know some things about Brick in the next two podcasts that you don't already know. So tune in and let's get to know one of our interesting staff members who maybe you don't know as well as you think you know. Hey, Brick Sager, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate being here. So uh, is this your first time on a podcast? Oh us? my goodness, no. So I've, I've had quite quite a, I, I like to say quite a history on the podcast. I mean, I think back to, and this is going to, some of this is going to go back. I, I think back to when I, hosted the Friday, like the Friday yeah. podcast as like a missions podcast. So no, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, there was a season. Okay. So before we, before we give a little bio on you, That's right. can we just walk through your different jobs at Carterville? Because when sure. you said, when you said you, you used to do the missions Friday podcast. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to give a quick summary of your history at Carterville. Yep. Then we're going to do the more interesting dive into your backstory. Your personal, your personal life. You ready? Dun, dun, dun. I know. All right. When did you first come to Carterville, Brick? First came to Carterville in 2016. Why did so, you come? Who invited you? Uh, I first came to Carterville um, because I was, I was a, huh, I was a freshman just stepping onto campus at William Carey University, and uh, a guy by the name of Austin Itell, who was uh, Stroh's intern at that point, said, "Hey man, uh, I, I go to a church called Carterville. You, you should come." And uh, this, this is crazy. So, that was, this was really like the first Sunday. I'd ever spent in Mississippi. Like I'd, oh, wow. I'd not been to Mississippi beforehand. I just stepped on campus and I said, we you were know the what? first Mississippians that you got to. That's be. right. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try this <laughs> church out. This, this guy seems pretty cool. I'm going to go. Um, I have, I don't think I've been to another church in, in Hattiesburg pedal area since, uh, since that first Sunday. Oh, so if we're all, you know, trust me, we're the best. This <laughs> okay. Is, this is perfect. All right. Um, I remember the first time that I met you. Okay. I wonder if you. I wonder if you remember. I don't know. You have to. Okay. Share the story. So at that time, I was volunteering some in kids ministry. I was leading the RAs. And oh we my just, goodness! It was yes. it was man men and boys, right? So I had a room full of boys, a room full of guys that were like mentors, and we were doing a missions focus. Mm-hmm. I think it was on like Switzerland at this time, Scandinavia, or, something yeah, like that. Something, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, um, you lived over there for a couple of months. And so Landon Adams said, you should invite Brick Sager. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, well, who is this guy? Anyway, I think that that's the first time I ever met you. It's when you came to do the missions, when you were were advocating for missions with our RA group for our boys and our men. I I remember that. I don't don't remember if that was the first time we had met, but I definitely remember doing you know, going and sharing about missions in Scandinavia. All right. So let's keep, uh, let's keep marking our books here. Let's, okay. If you're tracking it, 2016, Brick comes to Carterville. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in 2018, Landon Adams was, had been my pastoral intern mm-hmm. 
Um, man, he did a great job. Love that guy. And Landon left. And I said, who should, who should I, at that time I was using a pastoral intern. I don't do that right now. And he said, well, there's, I think you should think about brick. And so you came on board staff in 2018, yep. very low commitment. I yep. mean, in the intern level sure. offer, and you did a great job in that. Um, your next transition came pretty quick. Like you were not intern long, no, I wasn't. but you showed a lot of maturity and responsibility in that role. And, um, our, one of our pastoral staff members left. Um, and, and when he left, he had been doing missions and Mm -hmm. membership. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we gave membership to a, to a different minister, but we needed somebody to do missions. Mm -hmm. And so we put you in an associate role and I think we bumped you up to like 29 hours a week. You're working pretty full weeks. Right at it. Yeah. And you really kind of developed a lot of what we currently do in our missions programs. Mm. You, know, you worked a lot with our benevolence team That's and right. networked with Man, a lot of partners. Which was such a, I mean, that was an incredibly growing season for me. Like you, we'll, we'll hear more, I'll t- say more about my my history. I grew up as a missionary kid. And it's interesting because you'd think, oh man, the missionary kid stepping into work, you know, mis- missions work at a church is going to be, you know, kind of shoe in, which I, I guess there were some things that the Lord used in my heart, but Holy moly, the Lord really grew me in that in that season of of learning of what healthy missions looks like yeah. from a church context, benevolence, all those things. Man, I love I love that. So if I'm being honest, when I asked you to do that with the personnel committee and mm. everybody else that was on board, um, I knew that it was a lot to ask. Mm. You were a very young guy. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I thought, man, this is this is a lot. But I also knew that of the people we had around us, you were you were the best person for that role for that season. Mm. Um, appreciate you doing that. So you stepped up and you, from at, 2000, at 2019, you started to serve as the as the missions, as an associate in missions. You worked yep. under my authority. Mm. Um, you know, you're a, still a temporary role in the church um, and you served us well. You did a good job. Okay, so your, your next jump up, your next change was in 2021. Right. If I remember correctly, May 1st of 2021, hmm. um, May 1st of 2021, uh, when Mike retired and he'd been doing discipleship and membership, yep. um, I, again, I, I looked up at who was available to take on the work and I was pretty confident that you could do discipleship and membership. The problem was I had to ask you to do discipleship, membership and missions, and missions. because I couldn't give up missions yet. Now, a few yep. months later... Jeremy Stroh transitioned and into college and missions, and he was able to take yep. missions. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it since then. But for a couple of months, um, you were doing more than you could that do. That was a lot. And, I, and I knew, we talked about that. That's we, right. we knew that. Yeah. Um, but then then after that, you, you, you sort of stabilized into discipleship and membership. So you've been doing the discipleship and membership role for us since May of May of 2021. So like 33 months, right? Almost. Yeah. Almost three years. Yep. Um, so that's when you did the podcast on Fridays. That's way back when you were way back when the missions guy. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Well, let's, let's go farther back in time. Can we? Let's do it. Where were you born? I was born in uh, Richland, Washington, but I, I guess I need to say that I'm, I'm an Oregon native. So I grew up uh, for the first six years of my life in uh, Eastern Oregon. I got so born in Washington State mm-hmm. and raised in Oregon. That's right. All right. So at six years old, uh, you moved. Six years old, uh, I moved. The Lord called my family to serve as missionaries. They were uh, members of a little Southern Baptist church 
up in Oregon, and um, they uh, went to serve with the International Mission Board. So mm-hmm. we went with the International Mission Board to Rwanda, and that was a long process. So between six and seven years uh, old, that was the point where we had a. Uh, where we made it over to Rwanda and started living there. So I don't know a lot about Rwanda, or mm-hmm. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, until I met you. I knew that Rwanda was the site of uh, genocide. That's right. You know, shortly before you guys 1994. got there. Yep. Yep. And what year did you guys hit the field in Rwanda? We hit the we we hit the field in 2004, exactly 10 years after the genocide. I got you. Wow. Okay. And so your your older childhood mm-hmm. uh, was was in Africa. Yeah, I, I call it like my my memory years. I mean, there, I, I do have memories, you know, back back from you know, I guess ages four to six, uh, but they're faint, right? Mm-hmm. All of all of my concrete memories growing up are uh, are my my Rwanda yeah Rwanda memories. So not to be like uh, nostalgic or whatever too much, but. I don't know. Give me a minute's worth of what was it like to be a kid in Africa? Mm. I know what it's like to be a kid in Sugarlock, but if you were going to describe to our congregation uh, what your African childhood was like, give me just a short summary of that. What was it like being a kid in a missionary home in Rwanda? Yeah. Oof. Um, trying, you, trying to think how to summarize it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I think a, a common joke around here yeah. is like, I grew up listening to people who were afraid that God might tell them to do hard things. Mm-hmm. And they'd almost say it like this, you know, God might call you to Africa <laughs> like it scares you. And I love to say that in front of you as a joke. Sure, sure. Because you loved Africa. Yes. Like you, like you, it was a pleasure for you to grow up in Africa. I wouldn't trade that for the world. I've, I've always yeah. heard you speak fondly of your, yep. of your time there. What yep. was it like? Um, and so I, I say, I wouldn't trade those, those memories and that experience for the world. It wasn't, it wasn't all easy, right? It wasn't all easy. There were some, there were some things that, 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 I even sacrificed as a child, like uh, that I, I didn't really have much of a role in. I mean, I love my grandparents, but I don't know them as nearly as well as I would if I lived down the street from them. Um, so there are some there are some things that that uh, that my family had to give up following Jesus. But man, uh, some 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 kind of core memories or you know, day in the life of a missionary kid in Africa. Um, uh, I think I had. The dynamic of of being being a missionary in a foreign context is always it can feel a little bit lonely. Like I, th- I remember in the younger years, uh, and I don't think I could have articulated it at this time, but uh, having a little bit of resentment uh, towards Rwandan kids because of this separation or like, oh, I, I don't feel like I'm a part of them. I won't feel like I'm a part of them. Um, and the Lord really changed that. I think he changed that a ton um, as, I, as I grew older, kind of grew into high school. Um, I also say like, pretty foundational thing just as life as missionaries is is the missionary community i had a had a super close friend several close friends who were who were also missionary kids and you know we we had a homeschool group together kind of a little co-op group that we met and um that was that was close one thing about the missionary community um in most most foreign context is uh that a lot of folks kind of use family language of, you know, a lot of our missionary friends are, are not just friends, they're, you know, uncles and aunts. Yeah. Uh, and so to this day, we call them uncle, you know, uncle this, uncle that, uh, aunt that, and uh, it's know, special. Think, in some ways, I think you've, ha- you've been very well discipled. On, I know in your household you were, mm. and I wonder if some of that is that uh, some of your early influences were very mature believers yeah. who committed to the mission field. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you actually didn't go to school in Rwanda. I did not. So well. Hey, for, how old were you? You were in a boarding school. In I went to boarding school. Yeah. So so my schooling. I was home, homeschooled up until eighth grade, and, and it's interesting. So so I say, 
I went to a boarding school, which, you know, the knee-jerk reaction to that was either I was a horrible kid or my parents were super negligent. And neither is the case, I think. Um, Neither is the case. Uh, So I went to a boarding school starting in ninth grade um, to to a boarding school in Kenya called Rift Valley Academy. And um, here's the thing. So when my parents uh, learned about Rift Valley Academy, they said, oh, my goodness, never. We would never send our kids there. Um, that said, they, they looked up and as, as you know, we probably neared seventh and eighth grade, they looked up and they realized that, um, educationally, uh, where we were at in Rwanda, they, they couldn't provide, um, they couldn't provide, I think the education that they, that they wanted for us kind of in a home homeschool context, getting curriculum and those type of things. Um, but not only that, uh, when they saw Rift Valley Academy, they realized that Rift, Rift Valley Academy also could provide good spiritual relational, emotional care for students as well. So my parents very reluctantly said, all right, hey, Brick and my two sisters, um, do if you guys want to go to boarding school and you want to try this out, you can go try it out. Well, we did. And um, those were also some incredibly formative and incredible years in my life. I have to say, boarding school is not for everyone. I think it depends on every boarding school and on every single person. So I would imagine that creates a lot of independence Tons. Okay. Yeah. FYI, FYI, I've been tracking this. Yeah. Um, and so far, like by ninth grade, you've lived in three countries. That's right. You've been you've been in in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You've been in Rwanda, mm-hmm. and you've you've been in Kenya for boarding school. Yep. World traveler. I guess yeah. You graduated high school right. in uh in in Rwanda, and then you went to Europe. Yep. So grad, graduate high school and um, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to head to college at some point, but not immediately. Um, I think that th- this is going to sound extra holy. It really isn't. Um, I, I think it, it's, the, it's the Lord's work in my heart. I, I wanted to give what I, what I called at that moment the first fruits of my adulthood to him. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what that looks like. I, I don't think I want to head to university at the moment. Um, and just randomly, uh, th- through some friends of ours, I think they had a, a brochure. Um, they, they had this brochure about a, a gap year program uh, in in Sweden. And so gap year means the year between when you finish high school and the year you go to college. You That's take, right. Take an extra year. That's right. For some for some some kind of focused. That's right. That 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 season in between high school and college, where lots of folks, you know, gotcha. so, some folks take a year off and work. Uh, yeah. Some folks take a year off and don't do anything. Uh, and this this was a way to be intentional to grow spiritually. Uh, so I attended I attended that uh, gap year program. It was called uh, Holsby and Holsby Bible School, and it was a part of the the Torchbearer uh, Torchbearer Internationals. Uh, fantastic program. And uh, I was there for uh, nine months as a student, probably about two months as a just a volunteer worker, and uh, grew a ton in Jesus. There was about uh, 60 of us from tons of different countries, probably about eight or nine different countries, and um, we were just growing in Jesus together. And so when you've described that to me, um, essentially I get the impression that, that the gap year program for you was a lot of spiritually maturing, but a lot of intentional discipleship, how yep. to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. Yep. Basic Christian theology. Yep. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay, and then you traveled to the States on a scholarship to William Carey, mm-hmm. and that's where we met you. That's right. Okay, good. Well, I think I've, I think I've got it. A couple of quick questions, and okay. we'll wrap up the, the plane on the personal podcast. Yeah. I want to do another podcast in a few minutes um, that, that our listeners can hear, just to understand your work role here, mm-hmm. but 
But let me ask you a couple more personal questions. Number one, uh, what's your what's your degree from William Carey? Yeah, so my degree from William Carey is a degree in cross-cultural business management, okay. which is essentially a missions and an international business degree. I got you. So from what I understand of that degree, they're training you to be business people right. who could operate viable businesses internationally mm-hmm. so that you can have a platform to be welcome in a country to get a visa mm-hmm. and there and then live there as a missionary who is running a business to stay in the country, mm-hmm. but doing missions from that platform. Is That's that right. correct? That's right. Gotcha. Uh, when you finished with that degree, you were working on staff here. Mm-hmm. I remember having conversations with you about what to do next. And uh, you just, you really wanted the Pine Belt experience. So you went from William Carey University to Southern Miss. To USM. All right, I'm joking about the Pine Belt, but you did go to USM. What'd you, what'd you study? I got a master's in business administration. Okay, so you got the MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a practical question. Yep. You are a staff member on church staff. Mm-hmm. Why did you get a business degree and an MBA? And, and I, I know that you weren't prepping yourself for church staff life. That's right. What did you think you were going to do with all that? Man, so a little bit is I just think how the Lord has has wired me. Um, I, I, I've got a, I, I've, I like to think I've got an organized brain, so, so I think that way. Um, and uh, where I wanted the Lord to lead is to, to use my gifts in, as, as an administrator or in leadership to serve his kingdom. Uh, and so I think I thought that an MBA would equip me well for that, uh, give me some some formal uh, education experience to equip me to be able to use leadership, administrative skills and abilities to do ministry in whatever capacity, um, parachurch ministry, however the Lord would lead. Yeah, I could have seen you at that time. I really thought you were probably going to be you know, like a, an administrator in a missions organization, mm. you know, sending people or raising money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um all right. And it's it's a pleasure for me to see how God has used those gifts here at Carterville. Now, so really quick, if you don't mind, we know your family. We get to see, but tell us, if, for somebody that doesn't know you, yeah. uh, we see you sitting with Cassidy on the old front row. Uh-huh. We know you were college sweethearts. Uh, <clears throat> when did you get married? We got married back in 2019. I got gotcha. you. 2019. There you go. You got some. Got a few years in. Now. That's right. That's and right. you guys have two daughters. We have two beautiful daughters. Yeah, um, Ophelia, who is uh, coming up on two and a half years old, she is fantastic. And um, Juniper, who is just over three months old, brand new. Yeah, not a lot of sleep in the Sager household. <laughs> they keep us busy. They this, keep us busy. Sager. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to watch your family uh, grow. It's a pleasure to get to watch you continue to serve. Thank you for doing the podcast with me. And if you will. Let's share another podcast uh, to let everybody know about what you do at work. Church family, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I like to think this was the personal look at Brick Sager, getting reacquainted with a staff member that you think you already know. If you don't mind, share the episode with anybody that you think would be interested in hearing it. Let's be very prayerful and supportive as we get ready for our vote on February the 4th. Tune in next time to hear a little bit more about what Brick does in his current job. 